Are y'all ready? You ready? You ready? Who's, who needs sermon notes? Raise your hand. Wave at me. Last Sunday, we talked about encountering God. Uh, the ushers are passing out. We're going to go back to that again, encountering God, part two. If you didn't, wasn't here or didn't get to hear it, go and listen to that. Uh, we, we talked about Jeremiah when he was called to be a prophet. He said in the year King Uzziah died, I was, I, he just got caught up in the Spirit of God, and God called him to be a, a, a prophet at that time. And, and he had an encounter with God. And, you know, we went through the three things. The first thing was to enter in. The second thing is you need to deal with sin. Because when you get in the presence of God, you I'm not, oh, Lord. That's what he said, I'm not worthy. And an angel went and flew and touched his tongue with a coal, and he said, now you're worthy. You've been cleansed. The fire of God will cleanse you. But what happens when we get in the presence of God, we want to run out. I've seen people get sick to their stomach. <laughs> and they want to leave because they can't stand the presence of God. How about Peter when he had an encounter with Jesus? You know, Peter's preaching and the boat come up. And he said, can I borrow your boat? And he stands in the boat and then he said, cast your net on the side. He had an encounter and the fish filled up the net. What was the first thing Peter said? Depart from me for I am a sinful man. See, God wants you in his presence. He wants you clean. Get clean and stay in his presence. Okay, from the beginning, Adam and Eve sinned. What'd they do? They're hiding. Here, this is hiding from God right here behind this pole. This, you, you can't hide. Go ahead and deal with it and let God. God already knows he needs you to deal with it to get it out of your life. Amen, amen. You know, somebody put that little saying up. When the death angel came through Egypt, they saw the blood on the doorpost. When I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass. Remember that one? He didn't look inside, says everybody worthy in here. No, he saw the blood. He kept on going. The blood makes you worthy. Amen? The blood of Jesus that was sacrificed at Calvary cleanses us and makes us clean and makes us worthy. So get over not being worthy. You can't do it anyway. He's our champion. He's our hero. He's the one. Amen, amen? So, so we talked about that. Let's dig in today. And uh, I, I'm going to reemphasize something. God is everywhere, omnipresent. Y'all know that? Amen. Say amen. amen. Oh, you know, uh, Psalms 139.7, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? That means God's everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. He's in the bathroom. He's on the moon. He's in Walmart. He's everywhere. You, you, no, you, can't, you can't hide from God. He's everywhere. But, but we're not talking about that. And then there's the inner presence of God. How many you know God lives on the inside of you? Amen, amen. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, the, the Holy Spirit came and baptized you into the body of Christ. That's what the Scripture says. So I'm in the body of Christ. You're in the family. Come on. Or, or even other metaphors, we're the bride of Christ. We're the body, we're the family, we're the bride. All these things are true, but the Holy Spirit's the one that convicted you and said, you need to give your heart to Jesus. And I trust everybody has done that. If you haven't, today's the day of salvation. And the Spirit of God's here to draw you, and He'll speak to you. And, you know, He'll start talking to you if you listen to Him. Don't just tune out. Huh? Okay. But today we're talking about the, the manifest, made known presence of God. How many of you know of Adam and Eve, 
they had the made-known presence of God all the time. How do you know that they were clothed with the glory of God? They didn't even know they were naked because they had the glory of God on them. How many of you know that the glory of God, was the, the Holy Spirit, was in them, on them, and all around them every day, but yet, in the cool of the day, God himself came down and manifest himself to them. Made known presence every day. That's our goal. That's what God wants to restore. That's what Jesus, that's why Jesus came. He came to restore fellowship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Love your neighbor as yourself. Fellowship with God, fellowship with people. God came to restore fellowship. When's the last time you talked to him? Man, I'm talking to him all the time. I'm talking to him all the time. I'm walking through the house. Lord, I just need your help today. I thank you that you're my strength, my shield. I'm always, you know, speaking the word. I'm preparing the way. I'm talking to God. And God manifests himself. He'll manifest himself in a strong and mighty way to you. He's always with me in here. But sometimes he'll manifest himself in strong and great ways. Um, we need, let's live where, where we're seeking the presence of God every day, the made-known presence of God every day. Driving down the road, you know, cut off that rock station and start worshiping God. Amen. Amen. So number one, on your sheet, his manifest presence. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going over some things I did, but you know what? My, my wife's a school teacher. She said, you got to hear something five times before you get it. And it's not that you're dumb. It's just the way we made we got to hear it and hear it and hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And you know what? I go back and want to hear it again because I want my faith stirred up. So let's keep hearing and let's keep seeking. Let's keep uh, pushing forth. So um, in Genesis 3.8, I'm going I'm to show you again. That's what I just talked about. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees. Come on, sin's going to make you hide yourself every time. In Exodus 33, 14 and 15, uh, he's talking to, God's talking to Moses. He said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from this place. Uh, he is talking about the manifest presence of God. Now, how many of you know the children of Israel? I counted them, and I can't remember. It's like 53 miracles coming out of Egypt. And you say, if I could just see a miracle, I'd believe. No. No, you won't. Believing starts in here. It doesn't start out there. You know, you can see a miracle. But how many times you see stuff on TV and the devil does this on TV? He'll show you miraculous things. And you go, well, that's fake. That's not real. And you, even in church, if we had somebody get up and walk out of a wheelchair and you go tell the community, they go, they probably wouldn't hurt anyway. Isn't that the way? That, that's the way it works. A miracle starts in here, not up here and not what you can see. And see, they never got it in here. You know what they had in here? They were slaves. They were slaves in here. They couldn't see themselves beyond being a slave. How many of y'all, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. Some of us in here are slaves to sin up here. We think, I'm not, I'm not good enough, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Go back to that. We deal with condemnation. But Jesus made you good enough. It's his blood, not your strength. God told Paul, in your weakness, I'll make you strong. It's because God. Now, the children of Israel, notice there was a cloud in the daytime. Anybody ever been in the desert? I mean, you know it's hot. 
Yeah, 105, 115. They had a cloud over them. How many of you know it's cool under the cloud? You drive up and around here, you see the cow, cows in the middle of the day. They're all fighting for the shade, pushing one another out of the shade. Right around the corner here, those cows get in the creek when it gets hot. Well, God knows how to cool people off. He, he sent shade. At night, I mean, in the desert at night, it gets cold. God had fire over them every day. That's, you know, but we only, I only counted that as two, and they were still in the 40s and 50s. How many miracles that God created for them? Listen, God's manifest presence wants to be on us. Let me tell you a story right quick. I had been working, and I was driving home, and I'm just worshiping God. Oh, Lord, it'd be 30 years ago, and, 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 and I just got home. My wife was uh, still, I don't know, late. She had kids or whatever, and, and I sat down, and I'm just worshiping. And all of a sudden, the presence of God just sat on me. Now, how, how did I know it was the presence of God? Because I came to church and I would worship, and I could sense the presence of God, and I would recognize the presence of God, and I knew the presence of God, and it sat on me, and I'm like, Lord, well, what is it? What do you want from me, Lord? What do you want from me? What is this about? And the phone rang, and it was bad news. And the person on the end was crying, and, and this and that and the other, and they're like, I don't know what we're going to do. And I wanted to cry, too. My flesh was, was just screaming and wanting to cry, but the Spirit of God was already on me, and I started to tell them what God said in His Word, and we're going to believe God. This is what the Word said. Even though my flesh, I wanted to cry, but I started declaring this is what God said, and this is what we're going to stand on, and this is who we are, and this is what we believe. Huh? You read those stories in the Bible, you don't think they fought their flesh? You don't think they doubted God? But the Spirit of God came on them. You know, Samson was an ordinary guy. He wasn't like Hercules you see on TV, all bowed up and, you know, the rock and all that. Samson, the Bible says, was an ordinary guy, and he did feats of strength because the Spirit of God came upon him. Man, I, I'm, I, why am I preaching this message? Because we need to start hungering for the manifested presence of God. God can do in a moment what 10 years of counseling won't do. God can do in a moment what six surgeries can't fix. That comes from the manifest presence of God. God's manifest presence in our lives. We need to pursue his presence. We need to learn how to worship. We talked about it last week. We need to learn how to worship and enter into his presence. It's not about the music, but music helps. Amen? Do you read in the Old Testament where they called the singers together and they said, and they wanted to prophesy like our sister prophesied, or they're asking God, God, I need help. God, I need help. I, I, I stepped to lead worship one, one Sunday morning, and, and through my work and different things, I had a lawsuit about $200,000 resting on me. And I'm like, I don't have $200,000, Lord. And I'm like, oh, I got to worship. I got to worship. Lord, I just cast my cares on you. I'm going to worship today. And in the middle of worship, God spoke to me and said, don't worry about it. It's gone. I'm not going, nobody knew I was talking to the Lord. Nobody knew that I was dealing with that. I didn't tell anybody I was doing that, but I brought it to God. Lord, I need help. And the Lord said, it's gone. And guess what? It was gone. It went away. There was nothing, it was nothing to it. And so, 
you know, we, we think and we worry and we care about things. How about taking it to the Lord? I could have walked that out and, and, and been sick and worried for, for the next two weeks, uh, but I already knew it was gone. Hallelujah. And so we need to, we need to learn to, 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 to step into the manifest presence of God. Amen, amen. So if you're writing down, write this down. I already quoted starting off. When, the, when God's manifest presence shows up, he wants to do for you something you could not do for yourself. We serve a great God, a good God, a mighty God. When his presence shows up, he wants to do for you something you couldn't do for yourself. Number two, let's talk just real quick about leaving the presence of God. You know, we're in the presence of God right now. And maybe you've never noticed it or sensed it, but we're in the presence of God. And uh, it can get stronger at times and just be awesome and more powerful at times. But how many of you know what the Bible says that the, uh, the, the enemy comes to steal the word in your heart? You know, or, or he comes to get you out of the presence of God. You walk out of this building, you'll get in the car with your wife, and you'll get, get in an argument about whether eating at Burger King or McDonald's. And it don't really matter because both of them are nasty, okay? But you're going to argue about it. You're going to argue about it over nothing. I've noticed that when my wife and I, we have uh, discussions, you know what I'm talking about? They're over nothing. I'm like, why are we arguing about this is nothing? But the enemy comes to steal the glory and the presence of God in your heart. He comes to take you out of the presence of God and it makes, wants to make the Word of God of no effect in your life. And so let's look at a couple of examples uh, about leaving the presence. And I, uh, That's why I, I read Genesis 4.16 that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Cain, when Cain killed Abel... Remember that? He went out. He, he had to leave. He left the presence of God. How about Jonah? You ever read the story of Jonah and the whale? You know, the whale swallowed him. Do you know actually Jonah died? He wasn't just sitting around in a table, you know, in a chair in the whale's belly. He died. And so Jonah if you start off in Jonah 1, 1 through 3, says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and, the, and uh, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for the wickedness has come before me, says the Lord. And Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. One of my favorite preachers, uh, you know, he's in church, he's pastor in church, but he's really a, a more of a prophet evangelist. And, uh, you know, when you're not here, people miss you. And his wife was leaning over, reckon where so-and-so's at. And the pressures of ministry was all over him. And she goes, reckon where so-and-so's at. Reckon where those are at. Reckon then. He goes, that's it, I quit. He walked up in the pulpit just after worship, said, that's it, I threw, I quit. Went home, put his boots on, and drove to Arkansas. It takes five hours. It took him two and a half. And the whole time the Lord says, what are you doing? What are you doing? He turned the music up. Got to the, to the uh, cabin he was at, had, and, and the Lord said, what are you doing here? He went bowling, trying to get out of the presence of the Lord, you know. And the Lord's convicting him. I didn't tell you to quit. You're not supposed to quit. But, you know, the pressures of life, you know. Nobody, no, no, none of y'all have never gotten mad and wanted to quit your job before. But uh, yeah, some of y'all got that on your favorite playlist. Take this job, but never mind. <laughs> but, yeah. 
But so, so Jonah ran from the presence of God. You can run from the presence of God. Yes, you know, I started off about, I, I, I know people that have come here and gotten sick to their stomach during the first worship song. That's the enemy because deliverance was here for them. Healing was here for them. You know, people that are tormented. I know people that drive on the church property that said, just feel good, come here. What? Yeah. And so they come to get into the presence of God. They haven't learned how to get in the presence of God at their house, but they just want to come here and just sit on the property because, you know what? The presence of God lingers here. Not in this building. It's here in the building, yes, because of you, though. Wherever you go, the presence of God goes. And so if you'll read verse 3, he rose and went from the presence of the Lord, and, and then uh, and, and he paid a fare and got on a ship to run from the presence of the Lord. Here's the, here's the key. Wonder why you got to live by the word? Because disobedience to the word would take you out of the presence of the Lord. How I many know you can grieve the Holy Spirit? That's what the Bible says, and that, that when you're not living by the word, and you know, it's one thing that you don't know. My, my grandson, I'm not going to say which one, but he goes, is blank a bad word? I said, yes, sir, that's a bad word. <laughs> now, he didn't know. That's what YouTube would do for you when you know. And, and I mean, looking on innocent cartoons, and you get on the wrong one, and they'll, they'll teach you some bad words. And he goes, that's a bad word? I said, yes, sir, that's a bad word, and we don't say that word. He goes, how come that blank's a bad word? I said, don't worry about that. When you get older, I'll explain it to you. But right now, you need to know that blank is a bad word. And so one of the brothers said, what's a bad word? And he's going, uh, I said, no, sir. Look at me in the eyes. Look at my eyes. It's me and you here. You know it's a bad word now. If you repeat it, Pop's got you. Pop's going to get you because you're repeating it now. It's fun to repeat it because you know it's a bad word but now you know. You know what? God, God's merciful. If you don't know what his word says, you know what? He's not going to beat you down. And he, but even when you don't, you do know what it says and you don't do it. You run from God. He's still saying, come on back. Come on back. Because I'm going to go back to my old saying. Because a lot of people didn't preach to that God's going to get you. Well, he would already got you. If he was going to get you, he would already got you. I would have been God a long time ago. I wouldn't have made it to 20. It's true. God's not in the getting business. He's in the forgiving business. He's in the business to wash you and make you clean. You know, you get around kids and they've been outside and they come in the house. Whew, let's get in the bathtub. Every one of y'all stink. Well, God does the same thing. Let's get in the blood of Jesus. Let me wash y'all, make y'all clean. Come on. One thing that would also get you out of the presence of God is you taking control. Time to give up control. We talked about it last Sunday. I want to hit it one more time. When you're in control, God's not. You need to let God get in control and learn how to follow him. I always like to say, you know, if, and I'm back, I don't know why I'm on toddlers, but if you hold them by the hand, they follow you right there. That's where I want to follow God, right here. I don't want to get ahead of him. You ever let your toddler run ahead of you and you trip and fall in the gravel? Don't stand there. Some of y'all ran ahead and tripped and fell in the gravel ahead of God. Me too. That's why we want to be, I want to be slow. Let me get it right behind him. But you know me, I'm like, oh, Lord, we got to get this done. 
And God's back there, well, I didn't tell, I told you, I told you to plan, but I didn't tell you to just run off and do it right now. And we're ahead of God and we mess it all up. You know, when the Bible says that God gives a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom, he can't give it to y'all because you mess it up. If he gave you, the, Lord, if you just give me the plan for my life, well, we'd be just, oh, I got to get this done. God told me. And, no. It's steps of faith, one step at a time. Amen. You hang out here, you learn how to do this, and then you take another step. Man, look, it's getting bigger. Oh, glory, God is doing some great things in me, and I'm learning how to follow him, and I hear his voice. I got this whole big, and then the Lord said, come on, step up. And then it feels like, man, I'm not, I don't, look how small this is, Lord. I took a step up. It feels like I took a step back. But no, no, it's the learning ground. You're trying to learn to follow God, and then you want to step up to the next step, and then it's really big. You got this whole stage. But guess what? A lot of us don't follow God, and we get stuck down here. We run from his presence. When, when you get in his presence, that's where you get the plan and the next step. What's the next step? What am I supposed to do? We get caught up with what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to do, instead of, Lord, I'm going to just trust you. Here I am, Lord. I'm not going to worry. I'm going to rest in you. The Bible says to work, it's crazy, to labor, to enter into the rest of God. That's all we're supposed to do is to get into the rest of God. And then in that rest, they say, you know, go do that. Go do this. Okay, Lord. And then run back and get in this rest. See, in his presence is where the fruit of the Spirit really grows. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness. When you get out of that, then you get, ah! Don't act like your flesh don't do that. Come on. Smile or something. Mm-mm-mm. So, what, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to live by his word. That's how we let God help t- take control in our life. Now, how do you do that? See, you stay in the word and you stay, and his presence starts manifesting. How, how do I know it's God or not? Because it lines up with the Word of God. If you're led by the Spirit of God, it's going to line up with the Word of God. Here's something that, you know, we got this coronavirus. You don't hear about the flu anymore, but we still have the flu. And there's all kinds of sicknesses out there. But you know what? This is what the Spirit of God's saying. Get in shape. I'm not talking just physically. I'm talking mentally and I'm talking spiritually. Come on, it's time to get as healthy as you can right now. Put God first. It's time to get healthy. Listen, what, what promises are you standing on? I told that young man he's a promise. He's an answer, but he's a promise. What promise are you standing on? Let's all start with Psalms 91 this week. Psalms 91.10 especially. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. Plague, sickness, man-made, Unmade, whatever, natural in the earth. It doesn't matter. I was listening to a testimony where people had all kinds of, you know, uh, 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 manifestations from COVID. They can't taste. They can't smell. And the pastor said, God created everything for you to taste good. Food's good. That's what keeps you alive. You wouldn't eat. Guess what? Your emotions help keep you alive. If, not if they control you. 
You ever know, if you did not have emotions, you wouldn't, wouldn't need a, a menu at the restaurant. They just served the same thing. And you'd force yourself to eat it. This is nasty. I don't know. Well, it's all right, I guess. We're having the same thing tonight. Okay. <laughs> Your emotions, why they got a big menu. Ooh, that sounds good. Ooh, that sounds No, I'm getting this. You got to be healthy emotional. You got to be healthy spiritual, and you got to be healthy physical. And so Psalms 91, let's get it and make it first person. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. I abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, He is my help, my strength. Come on, he's delivered me from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence, and under his pestilence, under his wings do I trust. Come on, that's how you read the word. He who dwells, well, that's, that's somebody over there. They dwell in the secret place of the most high God, and they have it, but I don't have it. No, no, I have it. It's promised to me. Amen. Psalms 91 is a promise of protection. And then at the end, what well, even talks about angels encamping about you, but at the end, I know him and he answers me. God answers you. But we don't stick around long enough to hear it. Most of the time, we take off running, don't we? Let me get off that. But this, that is the, so, one of the most powerful things. Listen to me. And you say, well, I hope so, Pastor. I hope no evil befalls me, and I hope no plague comes near my dwelling. Hope don't get it. That scripture is hope for you to have. Faith says, I know so. Not I hope so, I know so. You got to get a little bold with this. I know so. Come on, I know my God. My God's got my back. You know what? He sent Jesus to die for me. You are so worthy that the devil wants your soul. But God sent his only begotten son for your soul and your spirit to be born again. Man, this battle because you're worthy. I don't know why I'm talking about being worthy or not. Maybe you're dealing with that. You are good enough for God to send his son to die for you. Woo! And now that, that's something to run about. The manifest presence of God comes and people, you know, they do different things. So let's go to number three. We're talking about entering the presence of God. You know, when we worship, we want to enter in. But guess what? I can enter in anywhere, anytime, anyhow, any place. Because God's with me, but I want him to manifest. I want him to speak to my heart. I want to hear his voice. I want to know his ways. And his word helps you get there. So entering the presence of God. You know what? So, so, so I got on my notes, believe you can. Maybe that's dealing with the unworthiness. Believe you can enter into the manifest presence of God. Daily. Okay, I got two that agree with me. Believe you can. How many know you were made for his presence? You were made for the presence of God. How many of you have ever seen somebody try to fill up their life with something other than the presence of God? Money can't do it. That's why you see multi-million dollar uh, athletes. They kill themselves with drugs and alcohol or, or get shot or commit murder because money doesn't satisfy. God is the only thing. And you were made to be the house of God. You know, as we enter into to, uh, his presence and, and things, you know, I wrote Psalms 95, Psalms 100. If you look in your notes, that's all about entering into the presence of God. But, but 
but know that, that you were created uh, to be the house of God. And we read that earlier in 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you, Christian? Everybody say it with me. The, 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 the presence of God dwells in me. And it's not about being emotional. Uh, it's not about having a feeling. Because how many of y'all ever, I don't ask to raise your hand, you ever woke up and didn't even feel like you were saved? You don't have to raise your hand. You got up on the wrong side of the bed or, or just fell out of the bed, and you know what? It's going to be a bad day. You know, you can stop it on purpose and change that because it's not about emotions. It's about whose you are. You belong to God, and you can enter into his presence, and you have to, to seek his presence. Um, and I'm going to go back to, it's not about being musically inclined. Can, is anybody in here other than me cannot play an instrument? You know, I, I can play the radio. Uh, I can play a CD player. But it's not about that. It's not about being musically. It's about opening up your heart to God. And you can put somebody on and, and play. You know, people come here, and I was, we was talking to uh, some folks and I was in an arena with 16,000 people. And the, the pastor's down here or the minister's down here preaching. And I'm up. See that beam right there? There's a beam. See that beam? That beam, this is an arena. I was sitting by that beam way up there. And I'm like, I'm trying to see what's going on. You know, I can hear. But I'm sitting way up there on that beam in the arena. And he's preaching along and he stops and he says, Y'all smell that? He goes, these flowers aren't real. Can you smell that? He goes, that's the Spirit of God here. It's, it's, it smells like flowers. And he said, if you can't smell it, get in the Spirit. And when he clapped his hands, I'm sitting up there, and I can smell it. And I look at the guy sitting beside me. I said, can you smell that? He goes, yes. It's the Spirit of God was there. God does that to prove that his presence is always with you. And it manifests to prove it. You know what? I was telling that couple, they said they've smelt that presence here. You ever even thought about that? Do you know that the smells are enhanced in heaven, that the colors are enhanced in heaven to see? How many you know that everything is beautiful? There's nothing dead. There's nothing, you know. It's awesome. Well, when God shows up, his goodness shows up. His presence is here, and that's what his glory is, is his manifest goodness. Man, why wouldn't it smell good? Why wouldn't the peace of God just come on us? Why wouldn't we step into the things of God? And so, so you know, I, I've seen people get emotional trying to get God to show up. No, you get emotional when God shows up. I was in a, I was in a, took our youth and uh, we had a thousand, there was a thousand kids in there and I had my 60, 70 youth and uh, we, we couldn't get seats up front because we had too many. So we're sitting on the back, way in the back. And, and I'm, I'm trying to prove a point. You don't have to be close. But it's good to be close. I love the people up close. They're in danger, but anyway. They're <laughs> but I said, and I never heard the song before, and the, piano, the guy on the piano and his wife's going to sing, he hits one note on the piano, and I begin to cry. And I'm like, Lord, what, what is this? And she sang just, it was such an anointed song, but just one key on the piano, and I begin to weep. Because of the presence of God. And I'm not much of a crier until God shows up. But I can't cry to make God show up. Matter of fact, he's not moved by my emotions. 
but his spirit will move my emotions. And I, I've seen people run trying to get God to show up because that, they think that's what happened. But that's not, that's not, you don't work it up. God's already here. He's on the inside of you. You just need to submit to him and let him rise up on the inside of you. Uh, as I was preparing for this message, uh, uh, church that first church that we had in Louisiana, and uh, I was associate pastor, it was a Presbyterian church. And they had a pulpit on this side. And I mean, you took three steps to get up in this pulpit where you could look down on people, you know. And on this side was another pulpit, and it wasn't quite as high, but they had... It was where you led worship, you know, back in, Pre in Presbyterian, you know, yes, we'll gather at the river. <laughs> we had this little evangelist come, and this guy was real short, and, and, and so he's sitting behind this giant pulpit, and he was just full of joy and just on fire, and I just thought about how he was. And when they turned the service over to him, he ran up those steps, and he was like a jack-in-the-box. He popped up out behind that thing like, you know, aren't you glad? But I thought about him. He was so hungry for God. He wanted the presence of God everywhere he went. And so they, he had just gotten saved when he was about 16. And uh, it was probably back in the 50s. And they took him to a Catholic church. No offense to the Catholics. Uh, he wasn't trying to offend. He just didn't know. You know, and some of y'all don't know. That's why I teach some of these things. But he went to the Catholic church, and they said, this is, you know, that, and this is this. And they go, and this is holy water. He goes, holy water? Oh, my goodness, he started splashing it on him because he wanted some of that holy water on him. They had to get him out of the church. He said, you can't do that. That belongs to the church. Well, I want it. If it's holy water, I want it on me. I want all of it. And you know what? We need to go back to that childlike faith. We want everything God has. We want his manifest presence in our life. We want everything that he has for us. Mm -mm. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. You know, when you, when you start entering into the things of God and the presence of God, you may not understand why you're crying. You may not understand why you feel the joy of the Lord. You know, people come here and go, whoo, the music's good. Well, we do have good musicians and we have good singers, but it's the presence of God's what you feel. And that's why you need to make sure on, with all your heart to enter in, and let's enter in. Why, why we lift our hands is we open our hearts. Come on, there's something to opening your heart. There's something to lifting your hands to God. The Bible says lift up holy hands. Uh, you know, I want to go back to one thing, that you were created to be that house of God before we close. You were created. You're his temple. And I, I don't care. What's happening in your life, good or bad, God's still with you. See, we, we, we tend to want to judge. Man, I, everything's going good. God's with me. I'm going to tell you, God's even more with you when hard things happen. He's there. That's why you made it through those hard times. He's always there. Learn to lean unto him. Lean on him. Trust in him. You know, my, my father passed away about six years ago, and, uh, and the thing about it is, is I, I never cried. I never was heartbroken because I know where he's at. But you know what? But there was a sequence of events that God set up, and God had me there when he passed away. And my cousin called me and said, Dad, it's so God that you were there. I said, yeah. 
And that's when I began to weep because I was so thankful to God that he guides, he guides and leads with that inner witness, but also you just, you got that knowing, you, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. Obey the Lord. Come on. That's where we've got to get is, Lord, what do you want from me? What, what is it that I need to do? And you can, well, I, I'm not really good at that. It doesn't matter. You may be the only one that can reach that person. God wants to send us. That's what his made known presence is really about. Sure, we're blessed by it, but we're the blessed to be a blessing. So, so here's the challenge for you who, who, who are used to walking in the presence of God. Okay? Here's your challenge. Every time you come to service, believe God for his manifest power. Because there are people in this room today that don't know how to enter into the presence of God. And they're going to, they need to ride on your coattails. They need deliverance. They need peace. They need answers. And they don't know how to get there. And that's why I'm teaching this. We all need to learn how to get there. But those of you, and there are several in here that know how to get into the presence of God. You need to go there. Come on, dust your pants off of the world and get in here and, and ask God to manifest because the person over here needs it and there's a person over there needs it. And you know what? You can bring the presence of God. You can. You say, well, pastor, that's your job. No, no. I, oh, yeah, I, I can bring it, but, but wait. When there's more of us entering in, greater the glory is. You know, you got to have some power to deal with some stuff. When somebody needs a healing or a mind's messed up, the, remember I said God can do it in a moment? Well, that takes the power of God. That takes the manifest, the made-known presence of God to do that. And I've seen it. And a lot of times it's easier when there's less people. Because sometimes there's more people that don't know than do know. That's why we got to step our game up, people that know about the manifest presence of God. God's presence is on you, in you. But let's go deeper. Amen? I'm, I, I want to push you to go deeper because you can know God. Don't stop. Wow. You know, we talked about that last time. This is where it gets scary. You know, when the Lord said, well, you know what, this or that. Oh, I don't know what to do, Lord. Come on, just stand there. All right, Lord, here I am. Cleanse me. Speak to me. Heal me. Strengthen me. So I can strengthen somebody else. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. To be that light and that witness. To walk in that made known presence. To have that inner presence. Come on, be led by the Spirit. You're here. You see, if it was all about you, God would have took you off the planet when you got saved. But you're still here for a reason. Children, grandchildren, how about somebody else's children? How about the people you work with? How about, you know what, you're a light and a witness, and you need the manifest presence in your life because when somebody comes to you and they have an issue and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do, you know, the God will start speaking to you. God said, tell them this. Tell them that. Tell them I've seen this. I know that. I know, y'all, it's getting heavy in here, isn't it? But that's all right. God, the Holy Spirit's our helper. He's our guide. He's our comforter. And see, the made known presence is the manifest. Last, last story. 
if I told you there was a billionaire in our midst? It'd be like the Holy Spirit's in our midst. But what would happen if the billionaire started manifesting? Writing you a million-dollar check, and you a million-dollar check, and you a million-dollar check. Now we got a millionaire that's manifesting. You want to wait and see if they're going to manifest here? No. Just uh, hear me. The Holy Spirit wants to manifest and provide. Provide. Jesus didn't do miracles to show off. He did miracles to provide healing and deliverance. And he said, go and do likewise. Go into all, all nations. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Oh, my. And you read in Acts, it wasn't just the 12. Normal, everyday people did great and mighty things with God. That's us. Jesus sent out the 12, then he sent out the 60. They had the manifest presence of God with them. Well, who were the other 48? People like you and me. People like you and me. But all they did was get close to the Master, get filled with the Spirit of God. I want you to bow your heads. I already told you today's the day of salvation. If you're not sure you're a child of God, if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord, will you lift your hand? Never, never, ever have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Will you raise your hand? Now, maybe you got saved a long time ago. Maybe you're wishy-washy. This week you even messed up and you fell short. Listen. Come on, let's get some assurance about our salvation. Let's know that we know that we're a child of God. And let's, let's ask God for the power of God to strengthen us. If that's you, lift your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. See, God's all over y'all. There's four, five. Anybody else? I see your hand. Listen, this is what God wants. God wants his presence in your life. And you know what? He wants to take you closer to him. But what happens when you're not sure? You're like, well, I don't know if God, God really wants me to. So let's pray this together. Say, Father, today's the day. I give it all. I want to serve you. I want to follow you. I need your presence in my life. Strengthen me today, Lord. Make yourself known to me. Real. In a mighty way. Come into my life like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God.